Journey to Organization, episode 107, Storage Containers. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman, advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begone Personal Organization, and today I want to talk with you about storage containers. A lot of my clients, before I start working with them, say to me, Rebecca, how many storage containers should I go to the store and buy? And I always say nothing because it's important to first declutter before you go out and buy anything because you don't actually know what you need. And by the way, decluttering will minimize what you have, obviously, but decluttering What you have and minimizing what you have will mean that you need less storage containers. So I want to talk about storage containers in general today. And I also want to talk about why I think that they're useful, but why they might not be so important. So the thing about storage containers is we have a tendency to want to contain all the things that we have in our house, in our life. We want to put everything in little boxes and organize ourselves in that way. But I don't actually think that that's always the best way to do things or even that it's not the best way to do things. But I think sometimes we try to overcompensate by compartmentalizing. And I don't necessarily think that you have to compartmentalize every single thing in your life. Compartmentalizing is a huge part of getting through life. It helps us deal with time management issues. It helps us understand what's most important. It helps us prioritize. It helps us understand where things go. It helps us understand how to do things even. But putting things in boxes is not always the solution. So the first thing I want to say is that you can organize clutter. If you could, (laughs) well then, your house wouldn't be full of clutter. Clutter is just a mass of untidy objects. And the thing about it is that usually with things that are cluttering our house, it means that they're not so important to us, but we're kind of worried about them. And also not that, that they're not really important to us and we're kind of worried about them, but also that like... They're not really important enough for us to designate a real piece of real estate to. And the thing about giving each thing a home in your home, each item that you have a home in your home, is that if you do that or when you do that, it shows that the value has sort of an object permanence. You understand where it lives. You understand where it goes. You understand how it's useful to you. And you've said to this item by virtue of giving it a home and also to yourself by extension that this item is important to you and it's necessary and useful in your day-to-day life. Yesterday I read an article about how renting everything, (laughs) clothing, furniture, appliances is becoming a major, major trend because people want to try things before they buy. They want to see how much they use it. They want to see if it's useful. Or they, you know, want to be able to change things out very quickly. And I thought that that was really a great, I mean, I'm not sure that I could live that way. There's definitely a value to owning things too, especially when you have a family. But the thing about renting what you need when you need it means that you avoid having clutter in your house, right? Knowing that something is always available to you whenever you want it makes it easier to say, I don't need to live with this all the time, right? But what we tend to do with things that we own is say, well, I bought this and therefore 
I can't get rid of it because I paid money for it and I don't want to part with it because I paid money for it and it might be useful one day and I paid money for it. And the underlying theme is always, I paid money for it. And I don't think that's necessarily a good enough reason to keep something. But the fact is, is that when you're holding on to something just because you paid money for it, you're not necessarily doing yourself a favor. And what it's forcing you to do is figure out a way to contain it so that it doesn't multiply. Because it's so weird how objects have this tendency to multiply and reproduce, right? It's like you have six mugs, but then you go into the cabinet and you find 16 more. (laughs) I actually have a funny story about that. I was with a client last week and she has to have her kitchen redone because it is literally falling apart. Like the drawer fronts are all falling off and they're all like chipped and damaged so they can't even really be repaired. And then the kitchen is like 25 or 30 years old. So it's time. Everything, all the drawer pulls are rotting and like everything's rotting and it's it's very humid in, in Haifa where I live. Like, it makes sense. Things go bad after a while, right? So we cleaned out her kitchen so that, you know, she could really see what she had, what she wanted, what she needed. And she has a drawer full of mugs. Now, it's just her and her husband who live in her house. And she says to me, like, we have coffee every day. We have a full-size dishwasher. We don't run it every day. We wait till it's full. So I want to have enough dishes, even though it's just the two of us, for us to run the dishwasher as a full load. And I said, fine. And I looked through the drawer with her mugs. And it was pretty full. I mean, it was more than half full. And at that point, the dishwasher hadn't been unloaded. So it was fully... Uh, It was fully packed, fully loaded, right? And there were more mugs in the dishwasher. And I said to her, I'm like, you have to get rid of some of these mugs because now you see the dishwasher is full. There's more than what you need. So we went through and we picked out all the chip mugs and she had about half a drawer full. And then we started going through the rest of the cabinets and I found at least 20 more mugs like interspersed throughout the cabinet and I cabinets. And I was like, seriously, look how many you have. So we got it down to a three quarters full drawer, which was good. We got rid of about, I would say 45 mugs, maybe, maybe a little bit less, maybe 30. Uh, But even so, that's a huge amount of mugs. We went through, we looked at any of the ones that were chipped or cracked or anything like that. And we got rid of all those. And it's a lot. And you don't really realize how much you have uh, when everything is not all together and like items aren't together, right? So that, in theory, that's a plug for containment, right? You want to contain all the mugs in one place. However, she was using what she already had to contain things. Going out and buying new things for containment purposes is not really an effective use of your money. Because you can go to Ikea, which, by the way, I have to say I don't love the storage bins at Ikea. Uh, If you can go someplace else, I think that that's better. Um, Here in Israel, there's Keter. In America, there's the Container Store. Um, There's Mac Stock here in Israel. They have good ones. I like the, I do like any one that really locks thoroughly. I like the ones that come with the handles that come over the sides to lock them. I think those have a good secure latch. But anyway, um, (laughs) I think that, I think that when you're going out to, buy stuff, storage items, when you're going out to buy storage items to contain 
your stuff, I find that you end up buying a lot of things that aren't necessarily totally useful because you haven't really decluttered what you have and you don't know what you have. So you're buying solutions that are unplanned and it's a waste of money. So if you do need to buy storage, then you got to declutter first so that you can plan exactly what you need. And if you do do that, if you do declutter and then buy storage containers, what you'll find is you will have the place to put everything that you need. If you don't plan before, you're going to end up wasting money. But what I, I think is an important thing to note here is that storage containers are like a band-aid. <laughs> it's great when you can go into your closet, see a clearly marked box, and know that that's first aid supplies. Or go to your closet and see in a box all of your shoes are neatly stacked up, right? And you can pick out the pair of shoes you want. And you're not searching and everything still remains tidy, right? That's, that's nice and that's reasonable. But boxes and bins take up space. You have to have the space to put the box or the bin in the cabinet, right? <laughs> like if you have a very small space for shoes, having 20 shoe containers isn't necessarily going to serve you if you don't have any place to put the shoes. So I think that when you can first say, okay, I'm going to reduce what I have so that I can clearly you know, see what I have and be able to get to what I have and have enough space for the containment aspect of things, it's a lot easier. What I find when I go to people's houses is that the problem that they're having with their current storage, whatever it is, closets, kitchen cabinets, drawers, underbed storage, whatever it is, is that there's too much stuff. Everything's packed in and you can't really you can't really see what you have. I was at a client a few weeks ago and they had been backlogged on laundry. And I said, basically, I'm like, everything that you need is sitting on the sofa right now. Like everything had been cleaned and folded and it was waiting to go back into the everybody's closet. And it's like everything that they needed was there. But I knew that the closets were still full. And I'm like, now we need to go into the closets and clear them out because what's in the closets are not being used. So I think that's also an issue here, um, besides for just the containment issue, is that the closets are full of things we don't use. And yeah, I know we feel sentimental about these items. We got them for wedding presents. We got them as, you know, an inheritance. We got them as a a gift even, whatever it is, like a regular gift, not a wedding present, but just a gift from someone we love, someone we care about, or someone we don't love. <laughs> that happens too. And yet people feel this sense of responsibility to keep everything. But the fact is, is we don't need to keep everything. It's not healthy for us to keep everything. Having less really gives us the space and the freedom to have a lot more. I find that something that I have an issue with now, and I think it's a good a good problem, is that because I have left, sometimes I, I don't exactly know what to do with my extra spare free time, right? I want to use it right. I want to use it good. Sometimes I want to relax, but other times I'm like, I want to do something, figure out something to do, you know, that has meaning and purpose. When you have less, you have the time to add those things into your life, do things that have meaning and purpose, right? If you need to buy containers, that is okay. 
I definitely recommend containers in playrooms. I definitely recommend containers in storage units, especially if you're putting things like winter coats away, winter gear away. If you have six kids, if you have five kids, if you have eight kids, however many number of kids you have, saving coats from kids to kids is certainly, you know, valuable because hey, (laughs) coats are expensive and it's worthwhile, but how you store them is important so that they are cared for and that the next child can actually use them so that the the coat doesn't get eaten by moths, right? I'm not saying don't save between kids ever. I'm saying pick the best items you want to save, pick the most useful items you want to save, and then store them properly. But in order to do that, you have to know what you have. You got to get the right size boxes or bins. While I'm here, I want to just say again, I know I said this before, but I'll say it again because it's worth repeating. When you're looking at storage containers, I have to tell you, I'm against vacuum sealed bags. (laughs) Um, I find that they don't really, they don't stay vacuum sealed and they're bulky and hard to manage. I, I just don't think they're a great solution. So I would prefer if you had bins, even though they take, or boxes, even though they take up more room. Uh, it's be- easier to organize, it's easier to maintain, and I think it actually seals things in. The other thing you can always do is get like canvas-shaped boxes. They don't necessarily have to be plastic. Um, the canvas ones allow the clothing to breathe. breathe. It's especially good for um, very delicate fabrics like cashmere or silk or things like that. In total, sachakol <laughs> as they say, all in all, at the end, the total sum, I think that storage containers have their place. Compartmentalizing in your life has its place, but it shouldn't be the be all and end all. It's not the ultimate goal to compartmentalize everything. I use very few storage containers in my house compared to what most of my clients have. Um, All my clothes winter, summer, fit into my closet altogether with room to spare. I don't have a lot of shoes. I don't have a lot of extra stuff, my life is richer because of it. (laughs) I, I really don't think it's a Jewish virtue to have more than what you can use. And a lot of people say to me, they're like, well, I could never live with, you know, eight shirts or, you know, two skirts. And that's fine. You don't have to live with that. I, I'm not judging you, but I think if you were to take a really hard look at what you were actually wearing every day, you would see that you're pretty much wearing the same thing because you have what you love. And I'm not saying don't have extra. I'm not saying, you know, be a minimalist even. What I'm saying is, is when you have less, there's also less need to compartmentalize because what you have is clearly laid out before you. And it's not like you have to put things away for later use. You can have everything there to see it and it won't get confusing to you because there's not that much there. It's not that overwhelming. So for example, I actually think I have 10 shirts. I have to go and check. I don't really remember, but I have, I know for a fact that there's two shirts that I will not wear in the summer. It's They're too hot to wear in Israel, but they're perfect for the cold weather here in Israel. They're even too hot to wear in America. They're, they're nice and I really like them, but I know that I can't wear them in the winter, I mean in the summer, because they're too hot. And I have other shirts that I wear all summer long, but that I can't wear in the winter because they're not really warm enough. So 
I have 10 shirts, <laughs> but two of them are out of commission at some point during the year. So there's eight. It doesn't really matter. 10 is still not a big number to have for sure. I bet if you went into your closet right now, you would find 15 or 20 t-shirts, at least six or seven shells, some longer sleeve shirts, maybe 10, 15, 20, 30, if it's tight in there. I think that everybody comes from this place of scarcity. Like we can never get clothing ever again, uh, especially if it fits into the more like modest guidelines, three quarter sleeves or higher necks or whatever it is. It fits into those guidelines. So you're like, well, it's a good one because it fits into these guidelines, even though it has a huge hole in it, right? Like we're holding on to stuff we aren't actually going to use because it might come in handy just in case. But even if it came in handy just in case, would you actually use it? And I think that that's a question you need to think long and hard about. If you answer, yeah, you would wear the shirt that had a hole in it because it's a shell underneath. Okay, fine, keep it. But the truth is, is most of us would not wear it even if no one saw the hole because we know it has a hole and it doesn't feel good to wear things that are not in good condition. And so you have to remember as you're going through the decluttering process, the point is not to put clothing into boxes. The clothing, the point is not to, you know, stack it up and put it away for a later day. You're not going to remember you have it most likely. And if you do, it will probably be the wrong season. Um, I have a client and she has some older kids and uh, an older boy and a younger boy. And there's a good amount of years in between them. And of course, there were other boys in between that were using the clothes, but she put away a lot of the stuff. And she told me now she's starting to take out some of the stuff for her youngest boy from the oldest boy. And that, you know, the elastic is not good. The stains are, you know, showed stuff she thought didn't have a stain. You know, then she put away and it has a stain now. And that happens actually sometimes over time the stains come out. We don't always see them even if we put things away clean. And she said, like I said, the elastic is worn out. But also she wouldn't necessarily put that kid in what she put her older kid in 15 years ago. <laughs> and and some of it's not in style. Some of it's not in good enough condition. She didn't exactly remember. And I was like, but you saved it all those years for nothing. And so for those of you who save and for those of you who are using containers, okay, but please, I beg of you, only save the very best stuff. It's not worth it. It doesn't help us to save things we are not going to use again. So you must, 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 must flex your honesty muscle here. Decide what you will actually use and be honest. Because if you're not honest, then there's no point. Like you're going to end up in a similar situation in five years when the next kid is getting into those clothes or however many years it is. And you're going to keep looking at it and, you know, it's going to be hard all the time. Make your life easier. Have less. Try not to buy more than what you need. And I promise you, I promise that it will be a huge difference in your life. But not only that, you'll be able to sustain your success because once you understand that saving things is fine (laughs) but that you don't need to save everything you only need to save the useful things it's going to be a lot easier you'll have less and 
you'll have what your kids will want to use. I have a feeling like my oldest son loves denim. He loves to wear jeans. My younger son doesn't like to wear jeans. And so I never saved the jeans between my oldest boy and my youngest boy because those were the kids that I had right then and there. I didn't know if I was going to have more boys. So I passed on the boy the boy's pants that I knew that my younger son wasn't going to wear right away. And I'm glad that I did because he never wanted to wear them. And you know, I didn't have to save them and someone else got to use them. Remember that when you pass things on, someone else is using your resources and they don't have to buy anything new and new things don't need to get made. So you're helping the environment because you're passing things along. I think that it's key to remember when you're buying clothes, when you're passing along clothes, when you're deciding what to save, when you're buying storage containers, whatever the situation may be, is this. How we treat creation is a huge sign of how we feel about the creator. So if you are taking the things that God is blessing you with and saying, I am going to hold on to this forever, who cares if more resources need to be made so that my friend can buy her baby new clothes, even though she can't really afford them, and I can pass on what I have to her because who knows when I'm going to need them. You're saying, I don't care if more resources need to go into more clothes being made, and I'm not willing to help my friend. And almost you're saying, I don't really care what resources went into it. I think that resources are unlimited. And, you know, Hashem will always provide for us, even though, you know, there will always be enough for everybody. And I think that, yes, we will always have what we need. But by abusing what we have, and when I say abusing, I mean not getting the maximum benefit out of every single thing we have and not being conscientious about the things that we have. It's like we're saying, I don't care about what it takes to make a a t-shirt. A cotton t-shirt, for example, takes about like, I think I read 2000 liters of water to produce. You know, there's a lot of stages going into creating the things that we have. Okay, so let's talk about a t-shirt. You have to plant the seeds of the cotton, grow the cotton, water the fields, uh, harvest the cotton. Then you have to go through the process of making the cotton into fabric. Then you send the fabric to a factory where they then make the garment, which by the way, during that same time, the design process to make that t-shirt is going on. And you have the factory worker who's making the shirt. And then you have to ship the shirt to the store. And then you have to drive to the store. You have to buy it. And then you have to drive home. And then it sits in your house for however long you use it. And if you put it into a storage container, it may go yellow before the next chance you have to use it. And then it goes into the garbage, right? Where it sits in the garbage for the rest of eternity. (laughs) Because even though it's all 100% cotton, it cannot decompose in the landfill. Or let's say you have a plastic storage container. 
how much petroleum went into making the storage. You have to drill the petroleum out of the ground, then you have to send it to some sort of processing facility where it turns it into plastic sheets, and then the plastic sheets are stamped into containers, and then they're shipped to the store, and then you drive to the store, and you drive home from the store, and you put the plastic container on your shelf, and you use it for, I don't know, a year or two years until your kid drops it, and the plastic cracks, and you take everything out of it, and then you throw it away. And where does it go? It goes to the landfill, where it will sit there, and it will never decompose, because plastic doesn't decompose. It might break off. It might end up in the ocean where over time it will dissolve and animals will eat it. And then what will happen is while it's sitting in the ocean or the sea, the animals will eat it, the fish will eat it, and their stomachs will be full of plastic. And they will appear to be full because their stomachs are full of plastic, which doesn't digest in their systems. And yet they will starve to death because their stomachs are full and they cannot you know, eat any real food because their stomachs are full of plastic. And then either they die and are eaten by another fish who's then their stomach will become full or they'll wash up on the beach and they'll stink. <laughs> and, you know, we'll have to deal with what happens to those animals. And I think it's important to understand that while boxes and containers are sometimes useful, it's not the be all and end all. Thinking about what we have, what we allow into our house, what we're sharing with our friends, what's important to us is it's important for us to find, you know, that ground. Where are we willing to say, I'm not going to waste any more resources? Where are we willing to say, I'm going to have less? Where are we willing to say, I'm going to repair when I can? Okay, you have, I was washing my husband washed our sheets uh, for our guest bed the other day and I was folding them and I noticed that they had a hole in them. Well, it was a little tiny hole. If I stitched it up and repaired it, then it was going to make everything better. I wouldn't have to buy a new set of sheets right then and there, right? It's a tiny little hole. It's actually on the side of the mattress. It must have gotten stuck on something in the washing machine and I fixed it. And now we can use the sheets <laughs> until they get so threadbare that we can't use the sheets anymore, right? The fact of the matter is, is that fixing things that we have, if we're actually going to fix them, is worthwhile if we use them. It's worthwhile to save ourselves money in that way so we don't have to, you know, worry about going out and buying new things. We want to make sure, though, that what we have is working for us, it's working hard for us, and that it's not just going into containment. We want to make sure that everything that we have in our house is actually serving us. We want to make sure that everything that we're willing to put into storage, into containment, is something that's going to make our life better. I promise you, if you go through all of your things, you're going to find lots of things that are not useful to you anymore, that are not serving you anymore, and that, in fact, you are serving those things. So, so to bring this first circle, I want to just say, if you need a storage container, figure out exactly which kind of storage container you need. First, declutter and make sure you're buying the right size and the right style for your space. If you can avoid getting plastic, 
that's the best. If you can use natural fibers, that's amazing. If it's not in a place that's too dusty and you can use an open bin, that's also great. Thinking about the kind of storage that is going to serve you best is what's going to help you stay organized and curtail you from overpurchasing and overspending. Please, I beg of you, please consider what you have before you go out and buy storage containers and please declutter before you go out and buy storage containers. Only buy containers for what you actually need to contain and if you can have the rest of your space just be without a container, a little, you know, free-flowing, that's okay. If you have less stuff, I promise it will be easier for you to manage the stuff even without a container because there's less there. So I hope this gave you some food for thought. I hope that you'll think twice before you go out and buy containers, especially containers that are not useful. I really, really hope you'll take this opportunity to declutter and think about all the things that you have and really, really consider every single thing in your house. Now, it's going to take time to go through every single thing in your house, but slowly, slowly, you can do it. Just go slow. You don't have to do a large area at a time. Start with all your blouses. Start with the junk drawer. Start with the mugs. Find all the mugs in your house. Look through all the mugs and see which ones are good and which ones are not good. The point is, is you can go slow, but you do have to take a real inventory of all the things that are in your life. For now, happy decluttering. Have a great week and happy organizing. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.